Welcome to Crypto Sapiens, a show that hosts lively discussions with innovative Web3 builders to help you learn about decentralized money systems, including Ethereum, Bitcoin, and DeFi. The podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only, and it is not financial advice. Crypto Sapiens is presented in partnership with Bankless DAO, a movement for pioneers seeking freedom from the limitations of the traditional financial system. Bankless DAO will help the world go bankless by creating user-friendly on-ramps for people to discover decentralized financial technologies through education, media, and culture. Before we get started, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, OtterSpace, who are busy making Web3 less financialized. Their protocol and app lets communities build and issue badges to members to represent things like levels, roles, achievements, membership, and skills. Badges are earned, not bought. They are non-tradable coordination primitives for communities. You can use badges for governance and snapshot, token gating with guild, and you can build your own custom extensions with their composable tools. If you've been thinking about how to run non-financial governance, represent roles and permissions on chain, or recognize contributions via social recognition, check out OtterSpace at OtterSpace underscore XYZ on Twitter or at OtterSpace.XYZ. Hello and welcome back to Crypto Sapiens. And today we are talking with Nelson, co-founder of Avenue. We start by discussing the tools that DAOs use, specifically Discord, and some of the challenges presented by them. Nelson says, tools force behaviors on us. So we use the wrong tools, we will inevitably also use the wrong behaviors. He continues that DAO behavior is currently being informed by their tools. We dig deeper into contributor behavior and find that they are not discovering what they can do, but instead being limited by predefined roles, work, and channels. Nelson adds, we should instead build the right tools for people to suggest their own work. We continue by exploring the three C's that Nelson says are important in DAOs, context, coordination, and collaboration, and the role each plays in creating empowered contributors. So without further ado, let's get started. I come from a marketing background, really. So it's what I've been doing since my early 20s, really, or mainly kind of digital marketing, but started off in paid and organic social, then moved to PPC and SEO, so kind of search engine marketing, and then moved into CRO. So basically getting all of the acronyms under my belt, um, but that's conversion rate optimization uh, for people who aren't in that particular industry. Um, and then wanted to do something a little uh, kind of less analytical, a little bit more creative and moved into content strategy. Um, so I was doing this for a long time for an agency. Um, and then my wife and I wanted something a little bit different. So we moved to Spain, uh, a lovely, lovely city called Valencia, uh, which is on the Med. Um, one of my favorite places in the world. Um, and I went freelance because I got tired of traveling back and forth between Spain and the UK for meetings and stuff like that. Uh, I actually just wanted to spend more time with her and kind of enjoying the, the outdoor Spanish lifestyle. Um, and so, yeah, I was very much involved in, in freelancing and planned to kind of just carry on doing that for a long time. I have some great role models who are, who are friends of mine that make freelancing work for them. And they have great kind of work-life balance, plenty of time to spend with their family, make great money as well. 
So that was kind of my intention. I never really intended to get kind of another, you know, traditional job again. But somebody came along with kind of an offer that was uh, too good to refuse. And I went in-house um, for about six months uh, as head of marketing at a startup. It wasn't really for me, just the, the general um, kind of company itself and the relationships within there and kind of expectations weren't really aligned. And it just so happened that it was at the same time my daughter was born. So I took some time off when my daughter was born and I just basically never went back to back to work. I just kind of handed in my notice and thought, yeah, I'm going to take a little bit of time out here. I did kind of you know, delve into NFTs for a period there and then kind of DAOs caught my eye. But in terms of where I'd been involved in, in crypto before, it was never professional capacity, right? It was always like, oh, you know, this seems interesting to me on a personal level. I kind of get that there's a lot of opportunity here. You know, this was back probably 2015, 2016. By probably 2016, 2017, I started kind of just trying my hand various investments in crypto. But again, that was what I would call kind of the personal level, right? Because I definitely not a technical kind of guy, that sort of stuff just makes my brain shut down. (laughs) I get concepts pretty easily, but yeah, kind of put a line of code in front of me and I just don't know where to look. You know, I never kind of investigated moving into crypto from a professional capacity because most of the entry points that I saw were for kind of technical disciplines. So I kind of left it for a little while. And it wasn't until kind of this almost kind of Web3 revolution, this kind of resurgence, I guess, interest, right? I think crypto had moved on enough that people like myself could actually get involved. It wasn't just developers who actually had a place in in the Web3 ecosystem. Suddenly, people with my particular skill set, so storytelling, understanding narratives, understanding how to build and grow communities, understanding how to kind of attract customers and users, that sort of stuff was suddenly really, really important again. And it it felt like it had taken a backseat in the years preceding it. That's really incredible. In fact, you touched on a few things here that I'd like to kind of explore a little further, if that's okay. You've talked about kind of your journey going from, you know, this more traditional work environment to wanting to change, I guess, some of the way that you looked at work and kind of looking at it from the lens of freelancing and really being excited about that and I guess doing really well in that. But also kind of how there's some opportunities that came in that maybe enticed you back into the traditional form of work. But the birth of your daughter then kind of changed, again, some of your own personal values and kind of had you make changes once again, you know, that then kind of uh, had you move into a different type of work again, and then eventually leading to becoming more of an active contributor in the crypto space. And certainly this last piece that you talked about in terms of storytelling, I think that that's, oh my God, like one of my favorite things to kind of explore. Because in the Web3 space, I don't think that we necessarily do that very well. I think some people do. Some projects have do really good work in terms of story crafting and using that as a vehicle to onboarding people. So I want to, I kind of want to just start from maybe just this thought of like freelancing 
And then maybe that'll help us get to this point of storytelling. We'll find a way to get it there. So that's the fun part of recording these podcasts is like, how can we interweave all of these really amazing things that you've just said into something that just at least maybe allows us to look at how, you know, these personal behaviors and you know ways that we see work, you know, can be bridged over into maybe the way that we could create some sort of better work standards in the Web3 space. So. Let's do it. I mean, for me, the, where it makes sense, to, which uh, thread to pull on is like my first contributions at a DAO. Um, it was a DAO called DAO Masters. I'm part of the leadership team there now. But when it first started, it was just a project, a wonderful woman called Julia Lipton set up, just wanted to raise a bit of ETH to pay for people to write tool reviews about tools that were new to the Web3 space because there were a lot of people coming into Web3. There were these tools here around that didn't necessarily have the skill set to describe themselves and to actually let people know what they were doing. A lot of people making fantastical technical contributions, but not necessarily knowing kind of the marketing side and the storytelling side. And so that was kind of how Dow Masters was born with this vision to say, hey, look, let's uh, get the community to vote on which tools they want us to cover. And then we'll write about them and hopefully make them more accessible. And we did that with things like everything from, you know, Discord, which is pretty daunting, even though you've don't have to be technical to use it. It's still pretty daunting if you're not from a gaming community or anything like that. It's uh, We did everything from that to like Snapshot and Mintgate and Guild and Avenue eventually as well. Um, so yeah, it's it was, it was really, really interesting. But I feel like I had a bit of a leg up there when I was accessing DAOs because of my freelance kind of background, right? I knew how to set tasks out for you know, effectively the client, which is the DAO, so that they knew which things had priority or not. I knew how to talk about things in a way that uh, led people to understand the outcomes and the results they were going to achieve as a result of it, you know. So I think that kind of ability to say, hey, here's the outcomes, here's the scope of this project, here's the deadline, here's how I'm going to deliver it, here's my previous work. I think that really helped me. Yeah, and that's actually wonderful. And thank you for threading that so beautifully into the discussion, because I think one of the things that's really hard, I think, for people coming into the Web3 space is really finding ways to, I guess, take ownership of certain, you know, kind of tasks and being able to manage time. I think that's a very hard one, of course, but also the idea of, you know, this kind of more collaboratively built environment isn't necessarily, you know, uh, something that most people are familiar with because they, they're maybe coming from a much more structured environment where they need to have like a manager that then tells you what to do. And then that approves of the work that you're doing, right? And then someone that is going to be doing a performance review on you and saying, oh, like these are the areas that you can improve. Instead of like looking at these as someone who is more of an independent worker, right? Like a freelancer would be, that defines these metrics of success, that identifies the areas of, you know, of work and growth and improvement, and then is able to then kind of do these performance reviews for themselves that say, oh, okay, how could I have improved that? And then iteratively improving that themselves and the processes and the work as well. Yeah, that, that's spot on, but it's, it's missing something. Okay. So the stuff that I love about what you said is the, the experience that people have. You know, most 
organizations that they might have interacted with the real world. You know, they might have been quite hierarchical. They might have been involved in, you know, you turn up at work and somebody else tells you what to do, you know, and then you do it. And that's your job done. Lots of organizations aren't like that, of course. Um, we strive to, to not be like that at Avenue. Uh, we're a startup rather than a DAO. We try and get people involved in, in suggesting their, their own work and the reasons why, because we feel like people do better work when they're working on stuff they actually care about, right? So part of it is definitely, definitely the experience that they've come from, the organizations that they've been part of that have acted that way. But the, the part that was kind of missing, and this is the bit that we spend a bunch of time thinking about Avenue because it's so core, core to our philosophy, is that it's not just the organizations, it's not just the past experience, it's also largely informed by the tools that we have to use. The tools that we use primarily to communicate, to collaborate, uh, to coordinate as well, they're top-down tools. They force you into this behavior through things like admins being needed to set up channels, through kind of them deciding the topics, uh, they force you as, you know, a potential DAO contributor to almost be looking to others for instructions, which is like, that's completely the opposite. You know, that's not going to allow DAOs to actually achieve their potential. It doesn't scale when you have to be looking to somebody else to scope out your work. DAOs only really succeed when we have the right environments, the right tools for people to suggest their own work. But there's a whole heap of things that we'll leave for kind of later in the episode to, to delve into there. Uh, but I just kind of wanted to make the point that a large part of DAOs activities right now, the way DAOs are acting, are informed by the tools that we're using. That's interesting. Yeah. Thank you for that bit of context. And actually, maybe a nice segue <laughs> into what we at least propose to also talk about in this call. And so I've seen that you yourself and through Avenue, y'all been publishing some, you know, recent articles and, and content on the three C's and DAOs. And that is context, coordination, and collaboration. So Maybe we can start unpacking what each of these mean. But before we do, let's also introduce what is Avenue, right? So we've talked about kind of your journey coming into the space and started to now explore the space of, you know, Web3 in terms of maybe coordination and work, collaboration. We've maybe started touching on some of these things, but we really haven't talked about Avenue. So what is Avenue? And then we maybe we can address these three Cs from the context of Avenue itself. Sure. Yeah, no, that sounds like a good idea. So the first thing to know about us is like Avenue as an organization, we love DAOs. We're all kind of DAO contributors or three co-founders. We kind of know what the problems are, either as contributors or as leaders in, in different DAOs. And we formed Avenue because there are a whole heap of problems that really affected us on a personal level. DAOs have done some incredible stuff, right? Like our friends over at Krause House, who are part of our, our private beta, they've managed to buy buy a basketball team. Not an NBA team yet, but but they're kind of on the on the way there, right? We saw kind of two weeks ago, I think it was now, Moon Dow sent somebody into space. You know, we had um, a whole bunch of really interesting projects, things being built out because of DAOs. And we all believe that DAOs can be this kind of machine for change 
Uh, and change, we think, is, is, is definitely much needed right now. There's a whole host of problems that humanity is facing. We need different mechanisms to, to allow us to facilitate that change and to push it. And this is why we get up in the morning. This is why we do what we do, because we think DAOs are a large part of that, DAOs and, and the networks that are formed because of them. So we're really concerned that DAOs aren't actually achieving their potential now because of the tools that they're using. Um, the number one kind of tool that we find most commonly used for coordination and collaboration and the communication behind that is, is Discord, right? And Discord does a lot of things well. You know, sometimes that sounds like blasphemy to people in the, the Web3 community. But if you have a kind of, you want like an announcement, a way to talk to your community to let them know what's going on, it does a reasonable job at that. You know, if you want to notify people when there's a new update, fine. Yeah, it does that. If you want to bring people around in the social layer, to uh, have them engage in interactions and get to know each other and to start sparking, you know, just generic conversations. It does that well. But what it doesn't do very well is allow for emergent behavior from contributors. And by that, I mean behavior that, you know, contributors can decide what to do. Contributors can decide on what projects and what priorities they are, and they can find a place to work together to do that. It's really not set up like that. And it's everything from its kind of permissioning and the fact that it, it relies heavily on admins. But essentially what it pushes people to do is kind of they experiment with using Discord, with getting kind of contributors involved. And most DAOs, unfortunately, kind of give up a little bit on that and rely on you know, okay, well, we've got this core team. It's easier just to pile more work on the core team. And we'll focus on those because it's too hard to get the rest of the community involved and turn them from, you know, community members into contributors. And that's kind of the state of play right now. So at Avenue, and it's probably a good time to to talk about the three C's because what we do is try and solve these three C's. It's try and improve context, try and improve coordination, try and improve collaboration. We kind of believe that it's our mission at Avenue to create a tool or a platform that allows DAOs to actually harness the power of their community. Finally, they have a bunch of potential and, and we're here to help them realize it. That's interesting. So, I mean, you've kind of talked about some of the challenges uh, that are present to some of the tooling that we use, uh, Discord in particular. And I understand there's probably some people that don't want to talk ill of Discord, but, you know, I mean, there's there's definitely limitations to the technology. And so I'm curious, maybe from the context of Discord, as an example, what are some of the kind of and framing it around these three C's? What are some of the challenges around context, coordination and collaboration that you see currently holding back DAOs? And how is Avenue proposing to solve that? Yeah, let's let's do it as a great way to frame the conversation. So like context, if you think about what you would need to know to want to join a community or to want to contribute to a community, it's, it's pretty basic questions right now that are unfortunately going unanswered because of how Discord is built. So it's things like, you know, what does this DAO do? at like the most basic level, all the way to things like what projects are going on right now, who's doing those projects, who's leading them, who's contributing them to, okay, well, this sounds good to me as a potential member of this community. So how do I get involved? How do I contribute? Unfortunately, Discord is a walled garden. So all of that information 
should be public in our eyes and an avenue we make it public, but it's hidden behind a server. So it means instead of having an easy way to figure out super basic stuff like, you know, what does what do crypto sapiens do? All of that juicy need to know stuff is is hidden behind Discord walls. So you have to join a Discord server to to figure out, you know, if you actually want to get involved in this community. You have to do verification processes and security processes. You have to do little kind of onboarding flows where you like an emoji and and then you have to unpick, you know, 50 different channels on the left-hand side and figure out what's going on. And the onus is really put on the user to do a lot of hard work and a lot of digging. And we think all of that information should be visible. So one of the, the ways that we solve that is with a DAO profile page um, that pulls information directly from Discord and, and automates that and shows people, you know, at a glance in 10, 20 seconds, what this community does, what's going on, how do I participate? So that's kind of the main issue that we have with with context from Discord. In terms of coordination, oh, do you want to do you want to jump in, Humpty, or should I go to coordination? No, no, no. This is great. This is great, and I I, I only want to interrupt briefly because I also want to recognize that maybe there's some people who are listening or who are going to be listening to this podcast and are going to go are going to be asking, well, well, first of all, what is Discord and how does that even you know play in uh, into DAOs like as a tool? Because I mean, for most people, I think they're familiar with Discord as just merely a social or communications tool. So briefly, I just wanted to. I'll step in to say, you know, in most DAOs, I don't want to say all DAOs, but I'm probably going to say maybe the majority of DAOs, um, Discord is used as their primary communications platform. And beyond that, it's used also in uh, ways to organize structure uh, within their organization in terms of, um, you know, the, the way that information is gathered and disseminated. Uh, you know, for uh, contributors to be able to uh, learn about how processes and, uh, you know, people contributing to that project. And then even further, I think there are some projects that choose to gate, some DAOs choose to gate information based on the roles and the level of contributorship that someone might have. So, and then even further, it some DAOs do choose to use it as a way of soft governance. So there's a lot that, Discord is used for for more than just a communications platform. And so from that perspective, looking at what you've just said in terms of Discord as a limiter to DAOs, in terms of visibility of information, in terms of being able to, you know, just generally be able to, to start maybe contributing or learning about what it is that a DAO is doing, it is very difficult because also there's a issue with visibility and discoverability. Uh, it isn't like you can go to a Discord directory and it shows you, you know, all the DAOs that are using it and with a very quick description of what it is that they do. So there is generally that lack of transparency and discoverability. So going back to uh, Avenue, uh, just to reiterate what you said, it's, it seems like Avenue is looking at how they can create a much more open platform for the discoverability of DAOs and much more uh, easier access to information. That's definitely an important part of it, right? This kind of DAO movement that we're experiencing right now, 
we need more people and we need people within the existing ecosystem to be able to see what's going on so they can decide where their best place to to reside is, where their best place to contribute is. We're not going to get that, unfortunately, while all of these DAOs and Web3 communities are using Discord because that information just isn't available. And we need something else that brings that into the open and that kind of aggregates it all and then says, hey, this is this is your choice. You know, you can you can kind of pick between all of these and see what's going on. Um, so yeah, that's that's kind of context, right? And, and you mentioned that DAOs are using Discord in a whole manner of ways. I would just point out that a lot of those ways aren't particularly natural. They're doing an incredible amount of very, very clever, but hopefully unnecessary with Avenue workarounds to be able to do this this stuff, right? It is really warping behavior in in a way that we don't we don't agree with this is part of our reason for doing what we do um but anyway maybe we can come back to that if we've if we've got time but coordination is the second c we kind of think of this as in order you know context coordination collaboration because you need context otherwise you don't know what you're actually wanting to coordinate to achieve so basically the top-down nature of discord means that you have admins that basically dictate what should be discussed and how. And they use channels to achieve this, right? And so that ends up really resulting in in the type of behavior that I mentioned before, where contributors end up looking to admins or the core team to tell them what to do, rather than having the ability to to suggest what they do. Because they've got these predefined discussion mechanisms, right? They've got the predefined channels where you must talk about this in, in this way, or you must follow this particular process. And, and, and that can work well at the beginning, right? It's really good to have like a core bunch of people at the beginning because you need high energy uh, to kind of fight this inertia that communities have when they, when they start. But it stops you growing at a certain point. It's really, really hard when you're using a top-down approach. And, and as I mentioned before, Discord promotes this approach with the way it's built for f- to achieve growth, basically. Because... Yes, you might be able to do it when you've got 10, 20, 30 people. You might have the ability to say, this person should be in this team and working on on this. But when that gets to what we think DAOs have the ability to to achieve, which is to mobilize and, and utilize thousands or tens of thousands or even more people, you're not going to do that with Discord. Physically impossible. You don't have enough resources for a top-down approach with people telling others what to do. You need those people telling themselves what to do and deciding and and collaborating and coordinating to make that happen. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think something that you're touching on now is the ability to to open up the opportunities for people to more freely contribute and you you kind of frame this from the perspective of you know kind of i guess permission and permissionless contributions and maybe i misunderstood that but if if that's correct i wonder if you would mind elaborating kind of some of the ways that you've seen this type of i guess uh permissioned contributorship limiting projects or daos excuse me and how by having the right context and by using the right tools we can create communities that feel more incentivized or empowered even to contribute without needing permission or direction. 
Sure. And empowerment is a great word and, and we use it all, all the time. And a good example of like a, a community that like advocates for, for empowerment of people kind of suggesting their own roles and, and suggesting their own tasks like right from the beginning is Cabin. So if anybody knows Cabin, if anybody's been through kind of their onboarding flow at the beginning, you're basically told to manifest your role, you know, from the beginning. They set expectations that, you know, it's not, if you want a community uh, to join and and somebody to tell you, hey, these are the tasks for the week that you need to go and do, it's not Cabin, right? But if you're looking for a community where you, it's your job to kind of understand the mission and, and, and work out a place for you to fit in. That's a great example of it for sure. And so we have this different kind of thinking right now with permission and permissionless and kind of it's not just it's kind of a bit of a false dichotomy, right? Because there are levels to those as well. But it's about kind of understanding like if you're going to use things like bounties as a mechanism to say, okay, here's here's the, the work that's going to be done, right? If you're only going to use bounties, I should say, rather than just using bounties, if you're only going to use bounties, you're going to fall very quickly into this top-down trap where you're going to attract people who like to, to do bounties and they think in a very like top-down top-down way, right? This is the task that's been scoped, so I'm going to go out and do that task. What we've really found through talking to a lot of different DAOs, the DAOs that we respect, the DAOs that we think have really achieved things that uh, they should be proud of and others should look to emulate, they're the ones that attract people that suggest their own roles, that kind of look at the bigger picture and say, hey, how can I help the DAO achieve their mission? They put the onus on themselves to come up with those those ideas, and then to make them happen. And to be honest, they're the sort of people that I would want in my community, proactive people, um, you know, intelligent people, articulate people that look to solve these problems rather than being told, hey, there's this problem, here's how you should go and solve it. So this is kind of one of the things that we're seeing here in, in this kind of divergence between communities that only use bounties and communities that don't use them at all. I think kind of for me, bounties are, I wouldn't say never to use bounties. I think they're a great use case when you have particular tasks that need doing, things that kind of fall fall in the cracks. Or another great use of bounties, by the way, not to get too off the, uh, off the point, is uh, as part of an onboarding flow. You can find a task that benefits the DAO, benefits the contributor, helps them kind of interact with the DAO. Some people need tasks to be able to to kind of interact, right? And I think actually bounties fulfill that role nicely. I love your framing of this because I personally have also just been trying to think of how bounties can be used more efficiently in DAOs. And I tend to agree with you. You know, I think maybe I've just come to that realization that bounties are a good way to allow anyone who may just have recently joined the organization and is interested in contributing but doesn't have necessarily the context, right? Or necessarily have yet found that alignment like that fits perfectly within their own personal mission puzzle piece, right? To, for them to start contributing, to sure, earning some, you know, in uh, rewards, but also finding if that project, that DAO, that organization vibes with them, right? It aligns with them more deeply. And if it does, 
certainly being able to find ways to contribute in ways that are more, I'm just using this word a lot, but it really is a word that I use often because I truly believe in what it means is alignment to them and their own personal mission and values, right? So yeah, I mean, that that's really incredible and kind of thank you for sharing that. I wonder if you wouldn't mind sharing with us, like how does Avenue then allow for better coordination? Yeah, so what we're building out right now is, and a lot of it feeds into feeds into the tool that we've built for context, right? So if you have the ability to see what's going on in, inside a DAO, like what's actually going on inside, not just the conversations that are happening, but the work that's taking place, then you can move from this model where you're relying on somebody else to coordinate you, to tell you, hey, Nelson, you, you have to go here and do this, to being able to do that yourself and saying, oh, these are, this is what's going on. And this is where I fit into it, either because of my skills or my passion or my experience or just because I want to try something new, right? This is where I might fit. You need to have that information visible to be able to see it. But it's it kind of falls between coordination and, and collaboration. But right now, what we're building is a way for anybody to be able to spin up a collaborative environment that they can kind of outline what they want to work on and then invite people to it or, you know, leave it public within the DAO um, so people can find it and, and join in. But it's a way to say, hey, this is the problem that I'm interested in solving. People can kind of see if that fits under the remit of the DAO within its particular mission um, and then kind of work backwards together to make it happen. So kind of define who's going to be doing what. So I, I would say it's very much a way for DAOs to to be able to finally start harnessing their community because you can have multiple um, of these collaborative environments going on at the same time. But they're, they're really kind of a spaces that we've designed to allow people to do their best work. And this is where probably a comparison to Discord makes sense as well. Like, have you ever actually tried doing work in Discord? And I mean, not like having a conversation, but actually tried to move a project forward it's it's really, really tricky. Um, if you're not an admin, you have to have somebody set up a channel or a thread or something like that for you because you won't have the ability to do it. And you might answer the question like, why do you need a new channel? Well, if you're do doing kind of a new project or you want to have a focused discussion on, on a small task, you can't do that in an existing channel because people are talking about lots of different things in that. You need a focused space away from all the noise um, that Discord produces to be able to actually get on in this and, and, and start making progress. You don't want to disrupt the existing conversation, but you also don't want people jumping in and asking questions that you might have answered already, or they don't have the understanding, they don't have the right context. So that's important context coming back into it. They don't have the right context to be able to contribute in, in, a, in a beneficial, healthy way either because they don't have the, the right information or they don't have the right skill set um, or, or they don't necessarily have the right motivations. You don't know. Um, so this is, this is it. And somebody used like a great analogy when we were describing, we didn't come up with this one, but um, I think it was somebody at Rehash actually might have, might have come up with this. But it was like you can have these spaces and they can be open as in people can see them they can see what's happening, but they can't necessarily get involved because they don't have the right um, the, the right ability or they they don't 
they're not necessarily trusted yet within the DAO because they haven't um, worked on anything else. But it's kind of the equivalent of a bunch of surgeons, right, doing surgery in an open glass room. Uh, you can kind of see what's going on, but you can't get involved until you've proven that you've got the prerequisite skills needed to go and operate on somebody. And this is kind of how we think of these collaborative spaces. They're, they're specifically designed to... Um, for people to complete outcomes and then be able to push those outcomes back to the DAO. And so kind of one of the descriptions that we've been using, the analogies, like we, we're definitely not a Web3 Discord because we just see ourselves in so many op in opposition to so many of the philosophies that Discord embodies. We kind of think that if we were a Web3 Discord, we'd end up having so many of the same problems, but just in a, in a Web3 way. We kind of see ourselves as more analogous to GitHub in that you have kind of this, this code and then you can break out and work on this code in a project on your own or with multiple people. And then when you finish that work, you can you know submit a pull request or something like that and kind of merge that back with the original project. And we think of that not that we're you know, just building this for developers or anything like that. We're building this for, for DAOs. We think of Avenue in the exact same way. It's, it's a way for people to organically form these working groups to address specific problems, to make progress on those, then to summarize them, and then to push the, the results back to a DAO and then ask the specific part of the DAO that it affects for, for approval. Like We don't think everybody should be trying to get governance at, at the top level of the DAO all of the time, right? What we do think is that people should have dedicated spaces for collaboration. They should be able to form these or, or organic working teams. They should be able to do work in an environment that suits them and then complete that work and, and push it back to the DAO. That's interesting. I don't know if you've had a chance to look at like what Govern has been kind of like exploring. What you're describing now just reminds me of some of the conversations that I've heard Aaron kind of sharing with us here on Crypto Sapiens, but also privately in my conversations with him is this idea of like contributions being what really kind of makes up a DAO, right? And these contributions themselves being owned by contributors. And yeah, I, I really like this idea of how you're framing Avenue to be able to kind of create, I guess, a composite of contributions from different contributors across uh, DAOs too. Yeah, it's funny. You just bump into you just bump into people or groups of people that see the world in very similar ways to you, like very similar philosophies. And for us, it's it's the team at Govern, it's the team at Orca, the team at Disco as well. I think we've all been in positions like where we're just finishing each other's sentences, which is quite nice. A little freaky for anybody watching, but quite quite nice kind of uh, <laughs> when, it, when it happens to you. So yeah, we're, we're on very similar pages with all, all of the, uh, the companies I just listed. And uh, yeah, I think, I think within a few months we'll have finished or, or at least kind of got started our integrations with all of us. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, you've, you've named a lot of projects that I'm good friends with as well. And I think part of what you're describing is when, when you've been, I guess, uh, contributing in the space for any sufficient amount of time and have identified kind of some of the real change that can come from working the way that we do 
and using the technology that we're developing, which, you know, includes blockchain and cryptocurrencies and certainly tooling that is building on top of that. And even in some cases like Disco or some other projects like Orange is building on top of these other identity primitives. We start seeing we, we, we all start maybe seeing in the same direction, which is that this is definitely trying to be an ecosystem that is positive sum to all its contributors. Right. And that really is trying to make an impact in the way that it changes, the way that we collaborate with one another, the way that we are incentivized to work, the way that we have ownership over the projects that we're working on as well. So, yeah, I think that that's uh, really wonderful and great to see that you're in great company as well. I wonder if we've touched on everything. I know that we did the first two C's. I think we also talked about collaboration, although maybe a little bit more abstractly and not so directly. I've been pinning this whole time some articles that you've been, you know, uh, yourself and Avenue and even one of my own friends here and contributor to Crypto Sapiens Flow Science recently tweeted out, which has to do with like this permissionlessness of work and really just trying to think about like what this means generally in Web3. But if you wanted to frame more specifically around, you know, collaboration, if you think we've missed something, please do, you know, maybe add some context there. I think we've talked about Avenue enough. I'll talk about collaboration in a really general way. For me, like, I love, this is my favorite part of DAOs. It's the ability to find a new group of people that you might not necessarily interact with and work with them on something. And something that, you know, I realized after, I don't know, my first few months, I suppose, of contributing to DAOs is that once you find that bunch of people, you, for me at least, like I didn't really care what I was working on. I didn't actually care whether it was like a marketing campaign or it was governance or, you know, rethinking the onboarding process or um, trying to increase engagement from contributors. I really didn't care. I just enjoyed working with this particular group of people because they were, you know, people that I really got on with. They were super smart. They were incredibly passionate. They thought about the world in a slightly different way that I did. So they kept kind of opening up new lines of thinking for me. And basically, I'd have done like the most boring job you could ever think of if it was with those people. And that kind of hit me, right, that there are so many of these boring but important problems that I don't think get addressed enough. Well, they definitely don't get addressed enough. That if we kind of got the right people together, I'm fully confident we could make a bunch of progress on this. And I'm, sh I'm sure you have, but if everyone's not familiar with it, then I'd really encourage reading Impact Networks. We had a call actually with the author, uh, David Ehrlichman, yesterday. And again, it, we're just <laughs> kind of almost finishing each other's sentences. And we're basically facing a whole bunch of problems as, as, as humanity is right now that will only be solved if we all work together and our incentives are aligned. And I think DAOs will play a massive part in that. And it's it kind of gives me a lot of pride at Avenue to be part of a team that are helping DAOs do their best work, helping contributors do their best work, helping DAOs actually meet their potential. But for me, yeah, I think it's just we need a whole bunch of different people involved in this ecosystem through DAOs who can bring a lot of different things to the table. And we're not going to get that in an environment that's so top down, that's reliant on 
you know, people telling others what to do, you're not going to get the right people in the ecosystem because those people, they're super smart. They may be a little bit weird, and uh, they won't mind me saying saying that because I'm one of them. And um, they think about things in slightly different ways. They they don't work like that. They don't work with somebody telling them what to do. What they do, their best work is you know collaborating with a small small group of people that expand their horizons, that give them ideas that they can share deep discussions with, and they can actually ship great work, whatever that might be. It might be rethinking governance, it might be building new products, it might be building new networks. And for me, this is like the promise of DAOs, right? We only get that if we move from top down to bottom up, because top down doesn't scale. And we need DAOs to scale. So that's kind of my thinking. Well, I mean, that to me is a wonderful way to kind of wrap it up. But there was one question, last question that I had, and you may have already answered it. So it's it's fine if, if, if this is the case. But the last question that I really like to ask our guests here is, it doesn't have to be crypto related or Web3 related, but if there was one person that has been influential in the way that you think or more recently have been thinking about crypto, Web3 and DAOs, who would that be? I think there's a whole bunch of people here and I'd, I'm kind of torn between wanting to give like a long shout out and the short one to one individual. So I'm going to I'm gonna kind of caveat it and, and do both. I think there's a lot of people that I owe a lot of thanks to, but one in particular is Julia Lipton. Um, she's a VC at Awesome People. And she's like, firstly, one of the smartest people that I've met, but she's also one of the most giving in terms of her time, in terms of her ideas, in terms of her energy. And, you know, without DAO Masters, which is a project that she set up that eventually turned into a DAO, I don't know necessarily that I've, I may still have found my way into this space, but I don't know, I definitely wouldn't have ended up in the same place. And I love where I've ended up. So a lot of thanks to her. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Nelson. I know I did. If you'd like to connect with Nelson, you can find him on Twitter at Nelson T. Jordan. And to learn more about Avenue, go to avenue.place and on Twitter at avenueplace. Thanks for listening to Crypto Sapiens. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a five-star review wherever you enjoy your podcast. It costs zero dollars, means the world to us, and helps others discover this content too. You can also find more conversations like this one by visiting our website at cryptosapiens.xyz. I look forward to reconnecting with you at our next discussion.